the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Well, good morning, everyone. Hope you're having a fabulous Saturday. This is Al Fadi, and uh, as always, uh, it's a, a huge blessing and a joy uh, to be with you today. This is Let Us Reason. And, um, you know, we're so excited that uh, we keep uh, basic updates and developments that are taking place in our media side of the ministry. And uh, recently we have released a new series based on a book that just been published. The book, uh, basically, um, I'm paraphrasing the title, it's called uh, basically Example of Corrections in Early Quran Manuscripts by Dr. Uh, Daniel Allen Brubaker, and uh, in there uh, he talks about at least 22 examples of different corrections that were done to early Quranic manuscripts, and when we say early Quranic manuscripts, we're talking about 7th century, 8th century, and 9th century, in other words, the first 200 years of Islam, and um, in there he just gives a flavor of 22 examples out of 4,000 that he has so far, to date, uncovered. And uh, he himself, most of the time, personally flew to these museums, libraries, even some private collections uh, uh, all over the world, wherever he can find anything uh, that he can view and document different forms of corrections that were done to the Quranic manuscript. Now, let, let me give you uh, a brief example uh, I should say background as to why this is important. Now, some of you might be saying um, uh, this is, um, you know, a big deal. So what that there are corrections? Uh, we are aware of uh, New Testament uh, manuscripts and Old Testament manuscripts that had some uh, copyist errors sometimes or modifications or things that, of that nature. That is all true. And this is really the argument that our Muslim friends raise, raise with us usually. Uh, for the longest time ever, our Muslim friends always accused us of having a Bible that is corrupt because in their mind, the fact that if there is one manuscript of the New Testament or the Old Testament that may show signs of corrections or edits, that means that the entire Bible cannot be trusted. When in fact, actually, the massive amount, the weight of the manuscripts that we have can be extremely powerful and helpful in, in helping us, helping scholars in this case, trace back the original with the highest level of accuracy. In fact, the ratio goes anywhere from 97 to 98 per, 99%. What I mean by that is that 
many biblical scholars and historians believe, based on the massive amount of manuscripts that we have that date all the way back to the first century, that we can, with uh, basically with definitive accuracy, state that we have in our hand today uh, anywhere from 97% to 99% of what the original, uh, basically, autograph would have looked like. In other words, also, you can really claim that you have the original even though we don't. We have a copy of it, technically speaking. The other thing is, even the variations, uh, 1% to 3%, never ever impacted in any way the essential doctrines of our faith that, uh, you know, anything related to the character of God, anything related to salvific or salvation if, in this case, the church, uh, history as we know it, uh, and so on and so forth. Archaeology always been extremely powerful and helpful in confirming many of the facts that the Bible has already been sharing with us throughout its history. Now, having said that, turn the table around now and use the same argument, given that we now know that the early Quranic manuscripts contain many edits, errors, corrections, and so on and so forth. What does that say now about the Quran? Using the same argument, we can say now that the Quran is a corrupt book using the exact same argument. Sadly, of course, the rules change immediately. Now that the Quran is under stress and pressure, our Muslim friends for the first time are beginning to talk Christianese. They're beginning to talk like biblical, uh, uh, basically, scholars. They're beginning to admit that there might be copyist errors and scribal errors. Well, that is wonderful, but what about the claim, the Islamic school of thought, that the Quran is a perfectly preserved book, that not a jot, not a tittle, not a letter ever been changed since the day it was revealed 1,400 years ago? That goes out the window, obviously. And if that's the case, then the whole book, actually, cannot be relied upon or, or trusted simply because the evidence revealed that the early sources, the early, the original, if we want to use the term original or at least copies of the original, show signs of fatigue, signs of basically edits and corrections. Now, that was the essence of the book that Dr. Brubaker published based on his dissertation. And in the intro of his book, he mentioned that he is working towards publishing the whole dissertation and more articles and books related to this. But you would be surprised to know that once the book was published a couple of months ago, and myself and Dr. Jay Smith took on the responsibility of showcasing this book in a series that we called Corrections or Quranic Corrections in Early Manuscripts, and uh, we're into episode number eight already. We have at least one or two more to go which you can find on our YouTube channel, Sira International, that's C as in Charlie, C-I-R-A International. If you go there, you'll see these series. Our Muslim friends are going berserk over this. They're going bananas. They're going nuts everywhere. They're making all kind of accusations against Dr. Brubaker, who, by the way, is one of the nicest people you can ever deal with. He's a researcher. He's a scholar. He has no agenda whatsoever. He is not promoting anything negative or positive. He is just an honest researcher who
who felt the responsibility of sharing his findings with other scholars and anyone who is interested to know. Having said that, it is really a sad state of affair when you see how our Muslim friends react to academic research, some of whom have claimed for the longest time to be academicians, yet once they uh, basically, um, uh, you know, the rubber uh, had the road, all of a sudden now they are getting nasty. And that's a very sad state of affairs. You can go, of course, to our YouTube channel, Zero International, and see the comments that uh, we've been receiving. Nevertheless, the book basically was revealing to us an eye-opening, um, you know, uh, traditions that apparently were taking place at the, uh, in the onset of the uh, writings and the copying of Quranic manuscripts. Now, some of these corrections were done by taping over a word and writing over it, erasing it, technically speaking, and writing over it. Other forms were just erasing the word completely, and you can see the gap. Nothing was filled in. Sometimes it's an insertion. What I mean by that is the scribe or the copyist forgot a word. Uh, in some examples he was using, Dr. Brubaker was showing the missing Allah. Allah is the name of the God of Islam. In few passages uh, that he used as an example, there is a lot of them, of course, but he used few, showing that the scribes have forgot the word Allah or came back again and modified the personal pronoun that was being used of the third person and changing it into clearly inserting a proper noun, in this case, the name Allah. So you can tell anyone, by the way, who doesn't even need to be a scholar, can tell that that was the case simply because you can see the word inserted either above the line or in the margin or uh, the word also in and of itself is written in a different style with different ink. There is something also that has to do with the nip of the pen itself, different thickness. Nevertheless, uh, it's very clear that such corrections were taking place. In some other instances, there is an entire, probably two to three words been removed, erased, taped over, and then one word was added on the top, but it was stretched in an unusual way to cover that gap. So these are the kind of examples that Dr. Brubaker uh, labored hard to document. And, uh, of course, there is a new software called Quran Gateway, Quran Gateway, kind of like the Bible Gateway software. The Quran Gateway basically have all of the chapters of the Quran, and you can go through it verse by verse. And one of the features in there is that if there was any errors or variations in any of the verses of the Quran, it will give you an indication on the side, on the margin that you can click on, and you can see the images of the manuscripts that contained that passage and what kind of corrections were being done, whether it was an eraser, whether it was an insertion, and so on and so forth. So all that to say is that we are getting way advanced now in exposing many of these issues that either some of the Islamic scholars in the past or in the uh, recent history have kept a secret from the masses in the Muslim world, or all of a sudden we are 
uncovering some unprecedented features that has to do with these Quranic manuscripts. Now, if you're tuning in, this is Let Us Reason. I'm your host, Al-Fadi, and we're talking about the most recent YouTube video series that I did with Dr. J. Smith that has to do with the correction to Quranic manuscripts. Uh, we did about nine or ten episodes, and it was based on a book that was recently published by Dr. Uh, Daniel Allen Brubaker called uh, Example of Corrections to early, in Early Quran Manuscripts, where he gave 22 examples out of the 4,000 that he discovered so far of different ways how early Quranic manuscripts between the 7th and the 9th century were being fixed or edited. Now, here's an interesting thing. In his also uh, assertions in the, in the beginning, uh, he makes the, uh, uh, basically the, um, uh, you know, he raises the uh, possibility that for some reason some of these corrections were made, not all of the corrections, but some of them, at least the vast majority it looks like it so far, were, were done after the fact to match the 1924 Cairo Quranic edition. In 1924, Al-Azhar, a committee in Al-Azhar decided that they need to standardize the Quran based on the oral tradition, based on the readings of Hafs. That's the name of the reader. Uh, and Hafs supposedly lived in the, about 100 years after the revelation of the Quran, and he lived uh, basically in uh, the area of Iraq, modern-day Iraq, and he transmitted uh, the Quran based on his teacher, and uh, uh, his reading became very popular, uh, to the point that uh, there were five different traditions that came out of it, uh, one from the uh, Persian tradition, one Indian tradition, one Turkish tradition, and now we have the Egyptian tradition. They have variations between these traditions. The same man, but uh, every tradition has some uh, variations. In other words, he was probably transmitted it differently, or people made mistakes in documenting it, and they chose that there are variations between the different copies of the Korans that are ascribed to this person, Hafs. Nevertheless, in 1924, the Cairo Committee decided that they want to uh, come up with their own tradition, basically, based on oral transmission, not based on any surviving manuscripts of the Quran, as we do, for instance, uh, in the Bible. If you open the introduction to any Bible, the committee, the translation committee, will tell you this was based on, uh, you know, this and this and this early biblical manuscripts of the New Testament and the Old Testament and so on and so forth. Here in this case, it was based only, in the case of the Quran, the 1924 Cairo edition, it was based only on oral transmission, which is devastating, if you say the least. How can you uh, basically ensure that after 1,400 years, an oral transmission of the Quran remained intact and remained sound with no edits? Or modifications. Now, here is why this is important. I am myself is working right now on one of the earliest Quranic manuscripts known to date, known as the Sana'a Palimpsest. The reason why it's called Palimpsest is the process itself where you have a perishment or a piece of leather, maybe it's a leather from a goat or a sheep, and it was used to write the Quran on it, and then it was erased washed off. That's the palimpsest process. And re another Quran was written on top of it. Now, technology, ultraviolet lights, allowed the scholars who are studying it 
to be able to see the lower layer that was erased, sometimes it's even visible to the naked eye, and then they can examine it, and they transcribe it, and they discover that while it is Quranic, and it has some parts that match today's Quran, it does have a lot of variations in it as well that do not match today's Quran. So they thought that the upper layer, the, the layer that was written on top of it after it was washed off, uh, was to correct it. But they discovered also, to their surprise, that even the upper layer that was intended to correct the lower layer also does not match today's Quran. Now that tells us something. Let's assume the writing of the Sana Apollonsis was based on oral transmission or dictation. It is quite obvious then that whatever oral tradition that was used on the onset of the revelation of the Quran, because this is the oldest, and it's dated almost within the first 50 to 100 years of the life of the Quran. If that's the case, then it's obvious that whomever was dictating it was not actually dictating a pure version of the Quran. And if it was transcribed from an original copy, meaning the copyist was looking at something in front of them, and they were making a copy of it, it is obvious that the original copy they were using does not match today's Quran. Yet at the same time, remember, this happened back at the first century of Islam, not today. Now, can you imagine if that's the evidence back then, even within the first century, there were errors that had to be washed off or corrected. How can you tell us now or say with confidence that the 1924 Quran that we have in our hand today is an accurate replica and representation of what was revealed at the days of the prophet. And that's where the problem lies. This is why myself and Dr. J. Smith have took on the responsibility of showcasing this book, talking about it. We did another series in the past called The Quran's Many Problems, where we ventured into a number of these examples, and we are going to do another series at the end of the year in December, where we are going to also address many of the um, uh, claims or objections to the book and the supposed refutations of these examples to show that there are no refutations whatsoever. They're actually uh, adding to the problem and compounding that problem of the Quran in and of itself, especially the early Quranic manuscripts. So, having said all of that, uh, once again, I want to thank all of you who are joining us right now. This is Let Us Reason. I'm your host, Al Fadian. We've been talking about the um, uh, book that was published recently, which was authored by Dr. Daniel Allen Brubaker called Example of Corrections in Early Quran Manuscripts, where he showcases about 22 examples of corrections that were done to the early Quranic manuscripts in the first 200 years of Islam between the 7th and the 9th century. And myself and Dr. J. Smith took this book, showcased it uh, on our YouTube channel, Sira International, that's C as in Charlie, C-I-R-A International. And we covered those examples and we addressed uh, uh, in a textual criticism style why those examples are devastating to the notion and the traditional Islamic thought that the Quran as we know it today is an exact replica of the Quran that was revealed 1400 years ago to the Prophet and it's been preserved and
perfectly uh, maintained without any changes to any of its wording, letters, so on and so forth. Obviously, there are many other features in these early Quranic manuscripts uh, that uh, I can uh, explore later, but also the shows that we did talked about. One of those features is the fact that the early Quranic manuscripts at least did not have what we call the uh, diacritical markings or dottings to the, uh, you know, uh, to the uh, wording itself. And uh, so it has consonantal um, words, uh, and there is consonantal differences and uh, changes. And those consonants, you know, it's basically you have the, uh, the word written without any dots on it, without any markations to allow you to read it appropriately. So that resulted in another problem known as the variant text readings, which Muslims insist that there is only seven readings of the same text. Any text in the Quran, supposedly you can read it uh, in, in some parts of the Quran, I should say. You can read it in seven different ways. Those are the seven different sanctioned ways that supposedly a tradition uh, dated back to the Prophet's day, uh, stating that the Prophet himself uh, ensured that that's the way it was revealed to him. The only problem is that tradition itself dates 200 plus years after the time of the prophet, and the canonization of these seven readings was done almost 300 years by a, a man by the name of Ibn Mujahid after the time of the prophet, so you do the math. And uh, therefore, uh, all of this is yet adding to the problem of the preservation of the Quran simply because we have evidence that early Quranic manuscripts were not maintained appropriately. There was no standard process to double check and triple check whatever was written. And it was a sloppy process since somebody later, could have been a century or two later, uncovered or discovered some of these mistakes and either tried to erase them and rewrite them in a sloppy fashion or insert certain missing words, which tells us that the manuscript itself, before the correction, survived for a while with this error in it, and therefore contributing to many people who would have memorized a wrong text and passed it on, and others memorized it from them using the Islamic argument of preservation using uh, through memorization. So, having said all of this, I'm hopeful that uh, you will find the series that we have uh, launched on YouTube, which is uh, the uh, correction to early Quran manuscripts uh, that I did with Dr. J. Smith to be helpful. Uh, we encourage you to go and subscribe to our YouTube channel, CIRA International. Again, it's C as in Charlie, C-I-R-A International. And once you subscribe, you'll receive notifications of the many new series that we'll be publishing right after this series is over. In another week or two from now, a brand new series will be published, and uh, that's how we cycle things around, basically, on a weekly basis. We'll be releasing videos, but we are working towards increasing the backlog and beginning to release, hopefully, two videos a week. We will keep you posted as this develops. Once again, I want to thank you, of course, for your partnership with us. We encourage you to become a Patreon patron and give towards these videos as little as $1.00. And as much as you feel like the Lord is leading you to do, uh, whatever you do, we are so thankful for your partnership with us. We are so thankful for your giving. We are so thankful for your trust and confidence in us. And all of that, by the grace of God 
and the power of the Holy Spirit has in it. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.